Hey listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Young Black Travelers podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the travel and airline industry post-COVID, so stay tuned. So welcome again to this episode of the Young Black Travelers podcast. Today we have with us, um, joining us actually all the way from Los Angeles, California or California. <laughs> Where are you San joining Jose, us from? San Jose, Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Silicon Valley, we have joined with us um, Leo. Leo, just introduce yourself. Hey. Uh, young black, black travelers, how how's it going? Oh, I'm glad to be on the podcast today with uh, Mr. Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. I mean, this is the first time someone has called me by my last name. <laughs> <laughs> but good, we are happy to have you, Leo. Um, and again, we just want to remind everyone that you know we are in the heat of the coronavirus. So right now we are all we're recording um, at a distance, but obviously, I guess our setup works anyway because I don't think we could have flown to California right now to record with Leo. <laughs> but um, unless you a, have a private jet, you know, okay. that might work. <laughs> <laughs> he has a private jet, so as no, we, not really. <laughs> I know you were joking. <laughs> so one thing you guys should know about Leo, um, Leo is a pilot. Um, so Leo, tell our listeners, how long have you been flying? All right. Well, uh, 2020, my first flight was in 1997, October of 1997. I was 14 years old. So wow, it's been a while. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, 20, 22 years or something like that. But um, professionally, about 14 years. Wow. Okay, so go back to the, you said your first flight when, was when you were 14. Like, how did that come about? Like, what happened? How did... Um, mm-hmm. Well, I ninth grade, um, 14 years old, I was ninth grade in, uh, at aviation high school. Uh-huh. And um, I always knew I wanted to be a pilot from a younger age. So maybe seven, eight years old. And um, I just got around a bunch of friends that were like-minded. And we started searching out some schools um, as freshmen um, that uh, did private instruction wow. out in Tito Barrow, uh, Tito Barrow, New Jersey. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I told my father, I'm like, hey, I want to check this out. And we set up an intro and that's, that's where it all started. Wow, wow. Gilly, Gilly made it all happen. (laughs) (laughs) So that's an inside joke. Leo's father's name is, um, well, we call him Gilly, but um, what is his actual name? I don't think (laughs) I've known his full name. I just know him as Gilly. Lamech. Lamech. Ah, got you. All makes sense now. All makes sense. So cool. And what airline are you flying for? Uh, currently, right now, American Airlines. American Airlines, and where are you based? Um, New York, uh, JFK. Um, before that, prior to that, it was uh, Los Angeles. Really? So you're based in New York, living in Los Angeles. Living in <laughs> San Jose. San Jose. Oh. <laughs> okay, living in in San Jose. 
Wow. Okay. I think we're going to get to that a little bit later on because I yeah. guess it's commuted <laughs> and all that. Um, yeah. and, and, and what do you like most about flying? Um, it's definitely the thrill. You know, for me, I genuinely uh, love to fly. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely number one. But number two, um, it's the ability to be anywhere mm. at any time, you know, obviously with the job. But if, if I had the money, right, I could have a private jet and fly anywhere because I have the cer- the certificates, mm-hmm. you know, to be anywhere at any time in the world. You know, that that's what uh, I love about aviation. So Wow. <laughs> A true young black traveler. His <laughs> office is in the skies and in another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. And so far, how many countries have you flown to or traveled to, probably for work or without work? Well, for work, um, pretty much have all of North America, all of North America covered. So Canada, U.S., Mexico, some of the Caribbean, some of Central America, a little bit of South America. Wow. Um, and I've been to Europe, you know, um, on my own, visiting family. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, if all goes well, I, I should touch every continent <laughs> before I retire. Wow. Um, and most countries, yeah. And this is through flying? Yeah, yep. Uh, like, you actually working or are you traveling? You touching every continent? No, this is, this is flying. This is flying. I mean... I want to travel more on my own, you mm-hmm. know, and I try to. Um, but in my mind, it's just like I'm going to get there anyway. <laughs> you know, working, <laughs> working, working for American. But um, uh, that might change post COVID nineteen. Wow. You know, I I might just start doing things on my own <laughs> more <laughs> often. You know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that is definitely a major advantage. And I mean, I think you're saying that because American is a major global airline. So it's, yeah. I'm assuming it's easy to just, I mean, go anywhere because you guys are co- cover the world basically. Pretty much. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. And so maybe, so where, what layover, what destination have been your, the best one you've been to? Um, while at work, it changes year to year, right? So, <laughs> right now for this year, uh, domestically, I'm going to say Washington D.C. Okay, you know I like Washington. It's it's very um, a lot of history in Washington, a lot of culture in Washington, mm-hmm. a lot of things to do in Washington. Um, before COVID nineteen really hit hit us, uh, my plan was to visit the uh, African American Museum. Um, you know, there's a waiting list for that sometimes and mm-hmm. um, do the uh, cherry blossom. That's pretty popular. Wow. You know, during uh, during March. Um, and of course, you know, the mall and everything else that you could do in D.C. as a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and I've, I've been going to D.C. long time mm-hmm. since 2007. Wow. Uh, maybe at least once a month, sometimes every week in a month or I just haven't gotten tired. I love that city. I I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Um, And internationally, uh, Antigua. Antigua. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, I I, I agree with, I mean, I agree with both actually, but Antigua took me for surprise as a surprise. Uh, Why? 
Well, I like our layover. Um, we stay at the uh, veranda. Mm-hmm. It's an all-inclusive hotel. Okay. Um, and and it's free. You know, <laughs> like I go to work <laughs> and I get all these amenities for free. And you know, it's like twenty-six hours. Um, I, Antigua, I think uh, three hundred. They have a beach for every yes. day of the year, right? Three hundred sixty-five mm-hmm. beaches, yeah. something like that. It's a beautiful island. Mm-hmm. It's a very small island, like flying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're like at ten thousand feet, you could see the entire island like through your window. Wow! <laughs> you know, wow! Advice from a pilot: ten thousand feet. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, it's beautiful. The people are nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole mix of um, of cultures down there. Like I've met people at least at the hotel mm-hmm. from Guyana, from Jamaica, from Trinidad. You, you name it. Wow. Um, and you know that's how the Caribbean is, right? Like Antigua is actually one of the de- the, the, the Caribbean islands that um, a lot of Caribbean people go to to work and live because my cousin actually lived in Antigua. Shout out to Lenford, uh, my cousin there in Antigua, and he is in the Antigua police force. So he moved okay. there to St. Vincent. So it's one of those islands. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. And so we talk about the islands you lo- love the most um, or the destinations you like to lay over at, at. What are destinations that you do not like to lay over, you hate? <laughs> you, you know what honestly that's kind of it's kind of hard um to answer that question to answer that question um I, a lot of guys hate like mexico right i love mexico because I, I just love internationally mm-hmm. i love anything different than my culture right so i'll go to these places you know people might say oh it's a little dangerous or whatever the case is but i don't mind venturing venturing out um going to a restaurant, trying out food that I've never had, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. Going to a museum, checking out uh, um, their culture, you know, learn about their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I haven't found an international destination that I do not like <laughs> as of yet. Like, honestly, I mean, there are a lot of guys that say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I get excited when I have to carry the passport with me. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, domestically, in the 48 contiguous, um, probably, and I wouldn't even say I hate it. It's just different. Jackson, Mississippi, Whew. you know. Why am I that surprised? It's a southern state. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little Whew. different down there, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Hunts, Huntsville, Alabama is probably like right behind that. You know, as far as. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised that you're going to dislike any part of the U.S. that is south. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's some good places. Like I lived in Texas. I mean, Texas is fine. It's a it's a mm-hmm. melting pot. It's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say that for all parts, but for the most like D- Dallas, it's uh, it's like a second, almost like a second New York City. Wow. You know, because everyone's leaving New York, like the second place that they will go is either Florida or Dallas, Texas, or Houston. I agree. Um, so you have all these people uh, moving into Dallas now. Um, it's a melting pot of a lot of different countries. So the, the dynamics are changing, the people are changing, the culture is changing. Um, so Texas is it, it it's okay, you know, it's okay. not that bad. 
Okay. But Mississippi and Huntsville, Alabama are two places that <laughs> we are not going to highly recommend. Yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you, Leo. Um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to go into the meat of the conversation about the state of the travel industry and the airline industry post-COVID. So stay tuned. Welcome back, um, listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. Again, we have Leo Rowe with us. He's a pilot, and he's joining us to talk about the state of the travel industry post-COVID. Because again, we know that COVID has honestly shut down the world, as we know it, the world, every, all industries are closed. Well, most industries are closed and most definitely the travel and airline industry. Um, in actuality, I know in, according to Vox, that in um, April, the, the airline loads were about five to 10%. So Leo, I want you to tell us, um, give us a glimpse of how it is for you right now as a pilot. Um, are you currently flying? Okay, so I have not flown an aircraft since March 13th, right? I, I came from, um, I did a trip to Geo, uh, Georgetown, Guyana, and um, actually going down Right, it is a three-day trip. So going down to Guyana, um, that's when the president announced, like, "Hey, we're going to shut the borders down." Oh, right? really? For certain, for certain countries, I think it was Europe, <clears throat> and a lot of people were getting freaked out. You know, like some of our uh, crew members, like, mm-hmm. "Are we going to be able to get back home?" And blah blah. blah. So um, we came back March thirteenth. I think that was a Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Don't don't remember, but um. Yeah, I haven't been back to work since then. Wow. And um, I didn't want to put, first of all, before we, the company started giving leaves of uh, absences and permanent leaves um, of absences for uh, for um, pilots and also um, other people in the company. Um, but before they even started doing that, I, I decided that I'm not going to work because no one really knew how severe this was going to be. And I don't want to get sick. Um, and I, I don't want to put my family's life at risk also. So I just pretty, I was calling in sick, you know, before we even, um, before they even implemented any changes, you know, um, within the company. Um, by April, we were pretty much in the heat of things. Mm-hmm. And um, the company started to realize that, yeah, this is going to be a pretty severe um, issue. And it is. I mean, yeah. once they uh, shut the borders down um, and pretty much uh, aviation came to, commercial aviation came to a halt, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're looking at the numbers and they're like, man, this is worse than 9-11. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, and, and before that, um, even, uh, let's say, financial crisis 2007 mm-hmm. or 2008, I was a new hire at American Eagle. Mm. That wasn't that bad. I mean, airlines were falling out. Um, airlines were going into bankruptcy. The U.S. Uh, sector was going through consolidation. Mm-hmm. Um, but 9-11, you know, was still like the worst thing that ever happened in U.S. aviation or probably in aviation history. 
um, up until this point. Wow, wow, wow. And, and, and so we, we've learned how the virus have, has impacted the industry. Um, so when do you expect to begin flying again? Um, so right now we're still flying. American Airlines is still flying, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm on a three month leave, so I'm not going back to work until August. Okay. Right. Um, I'm thinking I may extend if they allow me to extend, I'll extend for another three months, mm-hmm. you know, just to see what's going on. Uh, I, I think that the travel industry will definitely come back. It's just going to be a matter of time. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe one or two years. One or at two the most years. Three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I could give you some numbers here, right? So, uh-huh. <clears throat> like historically, um, that okay. I'll put it this way: the company keeps a record of everything, mm-hmm. right? American does it. I'm pretty sure Delta, United, every major airline does this. Okay. But I know definitely American. They they could go back to a flight number um, on this day, this time, this hour, whatever, and tell you everything that happened on that flight, mm-hmm. right? So um, as of last week, uh, we were canceling about 300 flights per day wow. to prune out flights with light loads, wow. right? You don't want to fly empty planes around. Like, that's a waste of, hmm. of money, right? So um, it's definitely not financially prudent to fly to two to three passengers on a 170 or 200 seat aircraft. Makes sense, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, as of May 1st, we started canceling uh, less than 10 flights to start the day. So we're getting better. So, you know, March 13th made the announcement, you know, we're shutting down the industry. Mm-hmm. So we still had two weeks of just thousands of flights. Um, that weren't canceled, but we were still flying them because the company's just trying to catch up with everything that was happening, you know, during that time. Wow. Right. So American on average has about 6,700 flights per day. Mm-hmm. And it's the largest airline in the world. So, you know, if someone just says, all right, you guys have to start, stop flying tomorrow. It's going to be extremely hard to like cancel certain flights here and there. And, you know, it, it was, it was just crazy pretty much. Um, so right now we're flying about a thousand flights a day with a 28% load factor. And that's about 47,000 passengers daily. Is that right. how, what, what's that number again? 47,000 passengers daily. Wow. <laughs> that's American alone. And that, that's a, that's a dead day for us. Wow. That's a dead day. In comparison to last year, we were doing 471,000 hmm. per day. Wow. Wow, wow. At this time. Wow. And so I guess what are the big changes you think that the airline industry would make post-COVID? Well, definitely um, you'll be walking into more uh, um, a cleaner aircraft. <laughs> Thank you, <right>? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what took them so long for this? <laughs> I know. It, it, it's just... Yeah, Cost. That's, that's how, I mean... Yeah, cost, but the the airlines did they did clean. They did sanitize mm. prior, but not the way they're gonna sanitize now. Um Thank I, God that, for COVID that's f- in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I Those planes were I filthy, gotta, Leo. I mean yeah. you could say no, you're right. they were filthy. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. I've I've been on I've actually when I was, you know, in the role of, of captain, like I'd walk on an aircraft 
and they want to board. And I'm like, you're not boarding. This plane is horrible, mm-hmm. right? It, it's it's uh, it's not satisfactory mm-hmm. for our passengers. You're paying all this money, and you get on a plane, and there's like chips all over the place, and um, God knows what's going on on the uh, on on the tables. You know, people do all sorts of different things. You know, while they're in their seats, <laughs> like wow. you just never know. So, <clears throat> um, but now you know, thir- every day, uh, thorough deep cleaning, and now they're um, trying out some new technology, uh, electrostatic technology that would keep away viruses for up to thirty days on the aircraft. Wow. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, as far as um, like pilots, we always. Um, at American Eagle and American Airlines, like the company always gave us Sanicom wipes. Okay. Right? And so ever since I've been flying professionally, I mean, the first thing you get, you do when you get into the, onto the flight deck is you take the Sanicom wipes and you wipe your area down. So um, that's something that we've always been doing as pilots, right? Um, but now they're definitely going to be doing that in the cabin. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Thank so I mean I, I don't want to say thank God for COVID, which I said, but Lord, that we know the, the plates have been very dirty and um that's a good thing that that's actually going to be one of the changes that's gonna hap- happen after COVID. Um yep. and I guess space mask, I know American actually just announced that. So Um yeah, it's 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 regulation uh um May thirty first, uh every airline in the U.S., it's mandatory that you oh. passengers wear um, face mask or mm-hmm. face covering. Okay. And uh, they're going to be checking temperatures as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and how long do you think that's going to last, at least the temperatures and the mask? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because, you know, we're humans. Like, as soon as they find a cure for COVID, mm-hmm. people start to forget um, in Asian cultures, they wore masks a lot, yeah. even before this crisis. Yeah. Americans, like, we just kind of want to do our own thing, right? Americans love freedom, <laughs> land of the they free and freedom. home of the brave. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. It, it could be mandatory or maybe it won't be mandatory. Yeah, I mean, let's see what happens post-COVID, you know, and post the vaccine. Mm, that's a big thing. That's um, a big thing. So, wow. And, you know, when you said earlier about Americans love freedom, I was actually reading an article today and it talked about, um, you know, in, in the U.S., for those who's living outside, people are actually protesting that their rights are being infringed upon because they want the country and their states to be opened. And, you know, we are probably one of the only countries where people are actually doing that. There are countries out there where, you know, they're closed and they're closed and they're seeing the numbers fall. But we are here in the U.S. where, you know, people start protesting. And the article was talking about, um, you know, that's probably going to make it so much harder for American and the travel industry because countries are going to see this and they're going to probably be more um, tough on Americans coming in because they know that, um, you know, lockdowns and all these things were not taken in a universal matter. It was probably taken state by state, did whatever they did. So yeah. it's going to be yeah, an interesting I, state. Uh huh. It, it will be. I, I, I don't know, though. Like some of these governments, I think they're going to put finance or economics 
mm. you know, above health. <laughs> <laughs> we just started. We just started flying to Madrid out of DFW yesterday. Really, Madrid, so, Spain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were on, they were high too. They were high. Yes, oh, wow. I mean Italy. Italy is opening up. Italy has thirty thousand deaths, not cases. Mm. Mm-hmm. Deaths. I mean, wow. Italy is like a that's like an island, like in comparison to a state. You know, so mm. and and they're already open. They're, they're like, listen, you know, because I think if you don't open, it, it, there has to be a delicate balance, right? So if they don't open mm-hmm. um, sooner or or early enough, we may be in a depression. Like, mm. you, you don't want that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> which is why Trump you is know? trying to get us opened ASAP. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow! Um, wow. Okay. Have to see. Wait and see. Okay. And um, so another thing we're seeing in the travel industry and the airline industry particularly is that airlines are closing. And we know that one of the partners we were, we were about to establish a relationship with or we had already started to establish a relationship with is South African Airways. And South African Airways is now no more. Actually, they laid off. They were supposed to lay off all their employees, I think, by last month. Um, so do you think that, um, airlines in the U S would see the same fate? And if so, why or why not? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think the U S airlines are, are okay. Mm -hmm. Um, because we've already went through consolidation. Mm -hmm. Um, the airlines have been restructured and even if it got so bad, I mean, really bad, Mm -hmm. um, that they would have to restructure again, like, uh, you know, ban- bankruptcy protection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do it and come right back out of it, you know, the, the way they have in the past. Uh, the problem with a lot of the uh, airlines around the world, especially in Europe, mm-hmm. they didn't go through the consolidation that U.S. airlines went through post 9-11. Okay. So there are a ton of carriers out there that probably shouldn't be around, right? I hate to say it that way, wow. but... Um, and then when you have an airline that's ran by the government, in the case of South African Airways, mm-hmm. like, um, it's hard to compete, huh. you know, against all these other, these global airlines, right? And, um, you know, it's only a matter of time. I mean, Air Jamaica is a perfect example, hmm. you know, and I wouldn't, if, if I were a citizen of any one of these countries, I'd say, yeah, first thing to get rid of is the, the national airline. Privatize it. Really? You know, that's just, yeah, that's just my stance. Like, the government, let the government run the country, not not the airline, right? <laughs> like, like, just, wow, wow. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. okay. It's, it's better that way, trust me. I, I, I think so. Okay, so. so so you're saying that's probably one of the reasons, okay, so I guess there, I'm going to ask two things. So you think one of the reasons why airlines like South African failed is because it's ran mainly by the government, and... Uh, I think I also want you to explain further what what is consolidation. Oh, so pretty much. Uh, so if you know, let's say pre nine eleven, um, you might have had a hundred airlines in the industry mm-hmm. or in the in America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all take like taking care of or flying, serving different sectors of the U.S. Right, so. I'll, American's a perfect example because American is just a combination. Matter of fact, the big three are just all combinations of previous airlines, right? So okay. American is a perfect example where you have like airlines like Air California, Reno Air. There was an Air right? California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You, have you ever heard of that airline? I haven't heard. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could do some research later, right? Ooh. And the funny thing is that um, on a lot of Americans, like there's certain aircraft in the fleet that are painted in these old um, old uh, liveries. Okay. Representing these older airlines. So, um, yeah. So you had like Air California, Air Cal, uh, Reno Air, hmm. um, U.S. Airways, America West, TWA. Uh, Trans-Caribbean. I mean, we're going way, 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 <laughs> way back. <laughs> All right. Trans-Caribbean. Um, I've heard of yeah, Trans-World. No, well, T- Trans-World was TWA. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Trans-Caribbean was like this airline. Uh, I think they went out. I forgot which year. 70s, 80s. But that's how American became so huge wow. in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Right? So when all those airlines... Like, when they go under or someone buys them, in this case, American, mm-hmm. um, then you have less um, competition in the industry, right? Okay. So now American doesn't have to compete with AirCal in the L.A. to San Francisco market, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no one's bringing down the fares. That's kind of bad for the consumer, but it's great for the airlines, right? <laughs> you, you see it? So, like, you, you get what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. I mean, and I think that's why I asked you that question because you know, from a consumer perspective, we know that consolidation is is great for the company usually, but for yeah. the for the consumer, it's probably not that price wise. It's probably not going to be that great because now we yeah. have in the U.S. the big threes as opposed to the ten airlines that would have been competing for prices. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting yeah. thing in economics, but uh, I guess it's one. Th- it, it's 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 the bet the better evil, right? We know yeah. they're gonna stick around if they're consolidated, rather than yep. being able to easily fall apart. Yep. Or sometimes they do fall apart, you know, mm-hmm. like Pan Am or Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, the the legacy Eastern that is from back in back in the day. Back in the day, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you, they, they have college courses on this where they spend three months on just this one topic, mm-hmm. you know, cause you go get into the macro and the microeconomics of, you know, consolidation and, uh, what airlines have been through and how's, how's it better for the industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have 20 airlines on one route when really that one route only needs two airlines or maybe two flights a day. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for the consumer, it's like, yeah, I could get on. Spirit for ten bucks, or I could get on Air Cal for ten bucks, but Air Cal for the company, they're flying this like half empty or maybe mostly empty uh, seven three. Or back in the day, it could be anything. It could be L ten eleven. I mean, the inefficiencies of the industry have gone by the wayside, at least mostly in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I when you fly with, uh, I don't know if you ever flown standby, but if you talk to crew members oh, that have yeah. been. <laughs> you have crew members that have been in the industry for like 30 40 years mm-hmm. and they will tell you like pre 911 you could go anywhere um in the back like you were going to get a seat like mm-hmm. this they did not overbook the flights you could always get a seat going anywhere sometimes that you'd be flying a mostly empty plane mm-hmm. like that's not uh you you can't make money you can't survive as a company like that at all yeah that is that is true. Um, wow, that those are some interesting points right there. <laughs> and I know you're speaking from the airline perspective, and I know people out there are going to be really pushing for their consumer <laughs> rights. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. again, it's um, 
it's the better of two evils, right? Like, and I think it's one a delicate would, balance. Yeah, one would definitely wonder if, um, you know, these American base airlines, if they were, um, if there were more airlines, if probably the services would be better, um, because we know right now that. Um, you know, Delta is one of the airlines that is actually um, starting to provide better service. Um, they're trying to really compete on a global scale. And I guess yeah. we would definitely try to wonder if this was the case, would the industry as a whole um, in the U.S. be providing better service? What do you think? Um, well, yeah, that's why, I mean, it, it's a delicate balance, right? So the, the three big players, right, United, Delta, American... Um, three largest carriers, or the big three, mm-hmm. as they're affectionately called, right? American being the largest of the three, but Delta having the better product. And I'll I'll admit that, Ooh. right? <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't <laughs> want to ask you that question, you know, because <laughs> I, I know what, who you fly for, but... <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's a truth. It's a truth. Thank and you. <laughs> I'm at ease now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it's a true, it's a, it's a truth. And the truth. Yeah, I think if you if you had to sit down with our CEO, he'd tell you the same thing, Doug, Doug Parker, because mm-hmm. all our metrics, right? They they try to um, every time they have like a quarterly report or whatever the case is, it's, it's always we're always trying to be like Delta, mm. right? Like that, like they're trying to get American to where it was like in the '90s, like that was the number one airline in the world. It's it, either American or United, right? Okay. When, um, American was considered like the, the, the luxury line or like the, something special in the air, right? They're mm-hmm. trying to get it back to that. Delta's doing a really good job, though. And, and there are a lot of factors and a lot of reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we, we, we could go on for days with this, but um, competition definitely, I guess, if you want your comp- company to survive, competition definitely bring, should bring out the best in you, True. right? So. Um, if Delta is doing this in first class, first class amenities, we need to do the same mm-hmm. um, to, to attract and keep our business, um, our business uh, consumers. Right. Mm-hmm. So and same can be said somewhat for the you know people in the back, like in economy. But um, I must say that um, looking historical, looking at historical data. Right. And the people in finance department for American and whichever other airline they could tell you this. Most people in the back, they only travel once a year, Hmm. right? So most times companies, at least in the U.S., they're only competing based on cost. So if you go on the website now and you want to go from New York into, I don't know, um, West Palm Beach, Florida, Mm -hmm. and you have two options, you have Spirit or you have uh, um, American, um, American, they have like the lowest uh, basic economy, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll try and match or beat Spirit's price and offer you a lot of amenities that Spirit doesn't have, mm. right? And that's how they try and steal Which the they consumer. They don't offer any. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They don't, they don't offer any, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that's pretty much that's that's pretty much how it works. And then, you know. If if like every, the the biggest thing last year was uh, and still is even with employees, it's the IFE, right? So mm-hmm. American decides to take out all the IFEs out of their domestic product. Bad move. And for, well, <laughs> that's what you may think, right? <laughs> so and again, so Delta decided Delta did the opposite. They're like, yeah, no, we're going to keep it, right? Mm-hmm. So from a financial point of view, um, 
it's it's a better move because now you don't have to replace IFE every five years when an aircraft goes in for like a D check, right? So you have uh, heavy maintenance where the company might, you know, replace all the seats and redo the interior. And, mm -hmm. you know, TVs get old after a while. Like you can't fly a plane with a 20-year-old TV. Mm -hmm. You want to change it like every five years at least or maybe 10 years at the most, mm -hmm. right? Um, less maintenance costs. So these are all the, these are all things that add up, right? That at a macro level, the companies are looking at. Mm -hmm. um, now, on a micro level, you know, there's going to be a few people or passengers that might say, yeah, I'm not going to take the American because um, they don't have IFE. Hmm. But the majority of the passengers, all they want is Wi-Fi. And the majority of the passengers, and really good Wi-Fi, by the way, right? Like sat Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. right? And um, they carry their own PED. Hmm. <laughs> you, know, like, you know I don't agree with you about that but I mean I if the data show that then um, it's alright because I think that customers do care about that things like IFE we want Wi-Fi of course yeah. but I think you're seeing things that's probably why people are now saying Delta is the best right yeah. because things like that and of course we understand the cost when we talk about cost um, I definitely see your point. It makes a whole lot of sense. It is definitely expensive to change um, IFEs. But when we talk about um, consumer comforts, um, the IFE is one of them. I mean, I cannot imagine. I mean, the last time I flown on a, um, I think it was American. Um, I flew from um, Alabama to New York on a flight that had, actually it was Delta. Um, it was probably one of their only planes that did not have um in-flight entertainment because it was one of those smaller ones. And it was honestly, you know, it was not that great. I wish they had it because I could have yeah. passed that hour or two, you know, watching TV because my phone, yeah. I had to load stuff on before and it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, no, I totally hear you. Sometimes I feel like, matter of fact, I, most of the flights, if not all the flights that I commute on, from mm -hmm. New York to California and back, it's it's on newer 321 for American, mm -hmm. and it has IFE, mm -hmm. and it has all the entertainment that you want, right? Which, mm -hmm. I mean, you could get on your iPad, but it's kind of nice to just have that TV in front of you. Mm -hmm. So I get that um, feeling, but <clears throat> um, or that thought process, but um, they're not taking it out internationally. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's going to stay internationally. Domestically, it's going. Let's see what happens now post-COVID because, I mean, the CEO said, you know, he gave some in interesting points or he made some inter interesting statements mm -hmm. a few weeks ago um, saying that uh, they're going to focus more now on customer service. <laughs> and this is, this, is, this is as a result of COVID. As a, yep, yep. And so, so do you think that is happening because they probably now want to get people back comfortable flying um yeah mm. yeah um the, the, yeah the industry i think will be you know a lot smaller than what it is now mm. less competition um and yeah now they could really focus on customer service if that's what they really want wow. want to do you know wow. they will have to they'll have to wow. there's no if buts or maybe they have to yeah. So we, we should expect post-COVID to see better service on yeah. at least American. Yep. 
Wow. Yep. Um, now I don't know how that's gonna affect your pocketbook. <laughs> okay. No. No. You can't. <laughs> we 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 don't want to talk about better service that you're gonna charge us. You know, an arm and a leg. We do not want that. We want the same service for the same price we've been paid. I mean, wow. <laughs> And that's one of the things with the American the American airline industry. I know like traveling in Europe, you could get a $30, $16 plane ticket. I remember seeing a plane ticket from London to Denmark for $16 or less. Yeah. Um, round trip from London to Amsterdam was I and, and, and that wasn't the lowest. It was about $90. So yeah. You know, the American airline industry is, a, is very interesting in a sense where, you know, these prices are a bit higher usually. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and I'm sure. OK, so the next question was going to be, what do you think will get customers to fly again? Um, and do you think that cost will get them to fly again? Of course, cost that um, lower cost always um, attracts people, mm-hmm. but. Uh, right now, post COVID, it's going to be uh, the safety measures. The safety um, measures. I think, I think you know, in America, you know, again, Americans are different. Like, don't tread on me. Just, <laughs> I don't need your face mask. I don't like. I will get on the aircraft, and if I catch COVID, it's whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's kind of America. You know, at yeah. least half the country is like that. So, you know, safety measures might not not entice them as much as cost. You mm. know. Wow. But we know there are regulations in place now starting May 31st that says hey, you need if you want to if you want to be on this aircraft, you need to have um a face mask. Wow. You know, or some some sort of face covering. Okay. Right. Okay. So. Good. And uh, as far as kind of backtracking here as far as what you said about the the cheaper prices in Europe, like uh all those countries are connected. You have a really good train system in Europe that mm-hmm. you can also. T- so there's competition there. Mm-hmm. We don't really have that in the U.S. Hmm. Right. So if 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 newer technology came out, right, where we had like a bullet train between New York and L.A., mm-hmm. there goes the airlines competition. Right. Something as fast as an aircraft. Um, you know, then you would start seeing prices come come down. Okay. But we don't really have that yet. Wow, you America, know, and of course the con- of course the consolidation also. A lot of smaller airlines in Europe they're 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 going by the wayside here. <laughs> Shortly, that's true. That's true. Wow, um, wow. This was this was a rich conversation. We we know that we have a lot to catch up on here in America. It's a different country um, <laughs> than most, <laughs> um, and we've learned that through this conversation. But I'm going to implore you to stay tuned. Um, we have a little bit more after this break. So welcome back from the break. Thank you again for sticking with us. We've had an amazing conversation and we've been having an amazing conversation with Captain Rowe um, from American Airline. Um, and, you know, he's he's just basically give us a lot of insight on the airline and travel industry post-COVID. Um, according to Leo, we are probably not looking to return to normal for the next two years. And that was 
a bit surprising for me, and I'm sure it's going to be surprising for many of you. Um, but yes, but before we close this podcast out and and, and ask Leo our final questions, um, we want to do what we usually do on every episode, um, hail one of our followers up. Um, and on this episode, we are going to hail and shout out Yerlin and his Instagram name is Y-E-R-L-I-N-M-A-T-U. And Yerlin is a loyal follower of Young Black Travelers. He engages with our Instagram page. Um, he follows us, our podcast. He reads our blog. Um, Yerlin was actually a person I met in Curacao when I went to Curacao and he's a Colombian. So he's one of our Colombian um, viewers. And so we're hailing your brother. Um, I don't know how to say um, we're shouting you out in Spanish, but <laughs> we're shouting you out, Yerlin, <laughs> in English. <laughs> Leo, uh, back to you. So I guess the, the last three questions I have for you um, is the first one is what advice would you give to someone who is interested in becoming a pilot? Um, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> well, it's not really that complicated. I mean, pre COVID-19, it was like the golden era of aviation. Like it was a great time to be, Ooh. to be hired as a pilot. Great um, point. <laughs> everyone was, everyone was hiring. You know, all you needed to do is get your certificates, build up your experience, um, and apply. Someone would hire you somewhere. Hmm. Um, now, post-COVID, you know, the airlines are shrinking. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how bad it's going to be going forward. Uh, we, we've stopped our hiring. We were hiring um, every month. Wow. Uh, at least... Uh, on average, maybe 40, 40 guys per month. Wow. Um, since 2012, mm -hmm. right? So we've done a lot of hiring. Um, so Delta, same thing. Um, some classes up to 100 guys because a lot of, many pilots are retiring now. So um, that's freeing up uh, seats, you know, up front. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the airlines are also growing. Yeah. You have growth, year to year growth, you know, like, American. I mean, we were um, planning to start Africa this summer, and American has never been to Africa ever wow. Wow. <laughs> in the history. We were we were going to uh, Morocco, mm -hmm. and um, that's the type of growth that you see that you you were seeing all around the entire world as far as airlines are concerned. Um, I think once we get back to pre-COVID um, traffic. Then you'll start to see some incremental growth in the industry, and then you'll start to see more hiring um, as far as pilots are concerned. Okay. So it, it may be a while, but that doesn't mean that you can't prepare, you know, mm -hmm. if you have the funds um, and you're uh, excited about flying, you know, go um, find a school, start getting trained. So when they actually do start to hire, you have your certificates. And you have the required experience, hopefully, you know, to apply, and um, you you you'll be right right on time to get a job with uh, an airline. Got you, got you. And so this question, I'm sure everybody's anticipating this one. Um, so, what do you think is going to be the status 
Um, hold on, I'm gonna rewind and come again. So what is the status of the 737 MAX? Do you think um, that it's a good time right now for that airline to probably come back into service now that people aren't flying? So the, um, the 737 MAX, <clears throat> they're waiting on regulations from the FAA, right? So it, it's still grounded. Um, we have 24, American has 24 on the ground in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. Um, that they were flying until last uh, March or April when uh, we had the worldwide grounding mm. of the fleet. Um, the MCAS issue, it has been fixed. And full disclosure, I do fly the 7.3. And I, and, and I, have, I have flown the 7.3, Max. Mm. Um, I have a lot of experience on it. Um, but where was I going with this? The, um, mm -hmm. We have 24 of them. We have 76 on order. Uh, the MCAS issue is fixed, right? Okay. Uh, but there's a issue with uh, a wire bundle um, towards the back of the aircraft um, that they're that they need to fix right now. So once that is uh, alleviated, once that problem is alleviated, then um, we should be getting the uh, aircraft back in the sky. Um, it is going to come back. There's, mm -hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that it is coming back. It may, they may rebrand it, huh. right? And this instead may of, be the uh, time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, instead of 737 Max, it may just be 737-8 or dash 9. Um, and then call the NG the NG. Okay. Because right now the NG is called the, the next generation model is called the 737-800 or dash 7. Or, okay. So they may just rebrand it that way or... Um, uh, Ryanair over in Europe, they said they're going to call their version like the 737-8000. <laughs> you know, either way, um, it will be the safest aircraft that has ever flown. Wow. Um, once it comes out of this uh, ground, because there's been so, so much um, people looking at this aircraft, you know, Boeing really... Um, they really messed up big time here uh, with this um, with the 737 Max, uh, and that's what happens when you put, um, I guess, finance above safety, especially in aviation, right? Wow. You know, there's no reason why uh, you know Wall Street should be telling <laughs> the company how to run, you know, their company. True. True. Um, but yeah, I have full faith. In, in, in the product I have full faith in Boeing um, I actually that's the best iteration of the 737 that I've ever flown it's a really great aircraft wow um, and you have full ahead. faith because you've been you've been flying this thing so when this whole incident happened what was going through your head it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> You know, no, um, I mean, when when everything came came to light, right, because you never know, um, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I we were as a as a pilot group, we weren't happy with Boeing. They didn't tell us about MCAS. OK. Right. Uh, and that's something that you might want to know about, even though it's a system that's it's operating in the background. Right. You, you want to know these things. Yeah. Um, so we, we had no idea that the system was on the aircraft. However, um, you know, I forget to 
complex here, but mm-hmm. you know, when 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 MCAS when it's uh when it's doing it's when it's doing when when it is doing its thing, okay. right? <laughs> um, which is to protect the uh, aircraft at uh, low speed, um, in the low speed regime, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then you know it activates this this trim function. That that same trim function is on the MG on the NG aircraft, right? So the same uh, wouldn't call it maneuvers, but the same things that we would do to prevent this from happening it's the same thing that you would do on the mcas right mm-hmm. same thing that we do same procedure that we do on the ng it's the same thing that we do on the 737 max okay right so um i say that to say uh and there, there are a few articles out there on this um both accidents were pre- preventable huh. right you know god god rest <clears throat> you know everyone that was involved their souls on board you know but uh, I, I truly think that both accidents were preventable, and many people in the industry believe that as well. Um, okay. But that being said, you know, going forward, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the aircraft back. Fly again. On, yeah, <laughs> on the line, definitely. Good, good. And final question. Did you go to Trinidad Carnival this year? Because I know you go every year. Uh, because it's the only carnival that happened <laughs> or is going to happen this year. Um, and if, if not, are you going next year? <laughs> so I wasn't going to go this year. I was not going to go this year. And um, I, I couldn't help it, man. I actually yeah. did <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you yeah. got a lot you got one of the hurrahs that everybody was hoping they would get from St. Vincent, Grenada, Caribada. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I was thinking about it. I was looking through pictures two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm glad that I went. Wow. Um and I'm already planning hope I'm hoping that the Trinidadian government they don't say they're gonna cancel it for next year because I mean, this entire year is canceled. Yeah. For all these carnivals around the world, right? Yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to 2021. <laughs> like already. Like, <laughs> Woo! 2020 you know, is canceled. 2020 yeah, is canceled. Wow. It's just, uh, it's it's just like a drug. I, you know, I don't think I'm gonna stop going to Trinidad <laughs> anytime, anytime soon. Okay. I'm gonna join you one of these years, Leo. <laughs> Hopefully, it's 2021. Yeah. But yes, um, again, Leo, thank you for joining us on this conversation. Um, we learned a lot. Um, but before we go, share your social media with our followers in case they want to connect with you. Um, I pretty much only check my uh, George Rowe uh, handle on Instagram. So George Rowe, G-E-O-R-G-E-R-O-W-E for IG. Um, my Facebook is still... Uh, it's still um, active, <laughs> but I really don't check it. But L E O R O W E on Facebook. Okay, okay. So good. Leo, thank you again for joining us. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Young Black Travelers podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram. Remember to follow us on Facebook, um, Twitter at YBT blog. On Instagram, we are Young Black Travelers blog. And on Facebook, we are Young Black Travelers. Um, Thank you. And stay safe through this COVID pandemic.